0: Week one is officially over, and man, what a week it was. Welcome, everybody, to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dobius, and I am bringing you the week one recap. This is just an episode about all the takeaways I had from the first week of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, I'm not going to go through every single game and talk about everything that I saw. That would just take way too long. So what I did is I I wrote down a a couple of topics, some I'll talk about, a little bit about some. I'll just kind of quickly go over. So uh, let's just jump right into it because there's there's a lot to talk about, and you know I don't want to waste any time. So starting off, uh, don't overreact about Ezekiel Elliott. He had a very rough game: eleven carries for thirty-three yards. A lot of people are freaking out right now. If you do have somebody in your league that is freaking out about Elliott, now's your chance to trade for him. Uh, he had one of the toughest matchups that any running back can have against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Thursday night game. I mean, come on! It's everyone's freaking out about Elliott saying that it, that he's not going to be a you know a top running back anymore. He's not a top option, but I just want to just want to clarify: don't don't freak out, don't overreact, right? There's going to be good weeks, bad weeks. This week. I mean, we all predicted was not going to be the best. It's the Buccaneers, right? They're one of the best defenses, if not the best rushing defense in the league. So I put that down. Just don't overreact. Uh, On the Buccaneers side, I don't think there's any Bucs running backs that are start-worthy for me. After watching what happened, Ronald Jones, four carries for 14 yards. He got benched after he fumbled the ball. Uh, And then they put in Leonard Fournette, nine carries for 32 yards. Not impressive. Uh, Fournette also had 5 receptions for 27 yards But now Bruce Arians said that Ronald Jones is going to be the starter for Week 2 I I just can't tell you Who's going to be more valuable And the, the best answer is nobody So I don't think at this moment I, I want to start any Bucks running backs It's going to be a passing offense again uh, We saw Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin get over 100 yards, Gronk was 10 yards short so it's going to be, there, there was almost 3 players with over 100 receiving yards, that's what it's going to look like more uh, more weeks than than not rushing yards is going to be rough, so no uh, really fading on the Bucs uh, running backs here uh, the Seattle Seahawks, let's talk about this offense for a second holy crap, are they efficient I mean the Colts defense is not top tier but like it's not garbage. They have a good defense. And man, I, I just feel like the Seahawks were they they had control of this game uh, the entirety of 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 the time. Like they they just went up 7-0 and then boom. They it was it was over. Seahawks just held the lead. Uh Russell Wilson 254 passing yards, 4 TDs. Chris Carson 16 carries, 91 rushing yards. Then you had Tyler Lockett had a monstrous game with 100 yards, two TDs. DK got a TD in there. Gerald Everett got a, a TD in there. Like this offense, I was very concerned. I, I guess I, I wasn't going to say concerned, but I, I it was intriguing to me. I didn't know how it was going to look. It's looking good. It is looking very good. I mean, I know it's Week One, but it, you know, and Russell Wilson. You look at his stats from, from last season, first eight games, yeah, he was a top-five quarterback, and then the final eight games was just garbage. So hopefully we don't see that pattern, but uh, I definitely saw, it, to me, it looked like a more, there, there was some, they were trying to get more balanced, right? It was still pretty heavy on passing plays, but not as much as it used to be. For example, Russell Wilson, only 23 passing attempts. 16 carries for Chris Carson like it, it was very similar it was almost a 50-50 split between rushing and passing plays which is I think what they were going for uh let's talk about the Colts real quick I, I I put down there's no Colts wide receivers that I'm interested in guess who the top two receivers were for the Indianapolis Colts last game against the Seahawks I'll give you a hint neither of them are receivers uh it's the number one and number two running back Jonathan Taylor. And Naim Hines Taylor six receptions for sixty yards. That is most on the team. Naim Hines six receptions for forty-eight yards, second most on the team. I know Zach Pascal got two touchdowns, but I, I is that that's not going to happen every week, right? He's not the go-to guy. It's just it's just all over the place here. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not interested in any close receivers at the moment, and it, it, they're going to need to do a lot for me to uh to convince me otherwise. Um let's talk about the weirdest game of the week, probably the Jaguars versus the Texans. Texans won 37-21. Uh James Robinson I think was the biggest disappointment here. Only ran the ball 5 times for 25 yards. Carlos Hyde who was supposed to be the second string running back nine carries for 44 yards. Uh Trevor Lawrence also had the third most passing attempts with 51 uh Urban Meyer wasn't too happy about that. He said that his team better not be at 51 dropbacks a game this season, but aren't you in charge of that? Like, I, I know that they had to pass the ball a lot because they were losing, but if you're down 14 nothing in the first quarter to the Houston Texans, boy, get ready for an awful season. Because if if you're playing this way against the Texans, I don't see you beating any team. So if you're upset with 51 dropbacks, you better get prepared, my friend, because that it's gonna happen again. And Trevor Lawrence did the best he could. He looked great. 332 passing yards, three TDs. He did have three picks, but you know that honestly, that's kind of what rookies do. I loved the pass that Lawrence had to chark for that touchdown. That was beautiful. So a little bit more of that would be uh be very nice. But you know, the the run game in Jacksonville is very disappointing, and if Carlos Hyde keeps getting majority carries, I'm going to freak out, so <laughs> I'm going to get very upset. Um, On the Texans side, I think Brandon Cooks proved that he's still fantasy relevant. I know that I said don't start any Texans until proven otherwise. Well, here you go. I've been proven wrong. Brandon Cooks is a good fantasy option. Five receptions, 132 yards, average 26, over 26 yards per reception. Uh, Terod Taylor looked like a good quarterback. I'm not going to say he looked perfect, but 291 yards, two TDs. He went 21 for 33, which is a decent uh, completion percentage. But yeah, this Texas team very much surprised me. There are some fantasy relevant players on this team: Mark Ingram, Brandon Cooks, that I uh that are definitely growing on me, especially Brandon Cooks. Like Cooks is start worthy, Ingram is not, but Brandon Cooks should be a a flex option. So, um, next up, I guess yeah, I talked about Mark Ingram a little bit, but I actually want to I want to go a little bit more in depth. Uh, If you follow us on social media which Instagram is at Barely underscore athletic. TikTok and Instagram is at Barely Athletic. Or sorry, uh, TikTok and YouTube is at Barely Athletic. Make sure to check that out because I posted a video today talking about Mark Ingram and how you should pick him up. And here's why. 26 carries. 26. Phillip Lindsay had eight. David Johnson had three. So if you do the math there, Mark Ingram had more than twice the amount of carries then Philip Lindsay and Dave Johnson combined. Mark Ingram ran for 85 yards and a touchdown. Now the his his uh, yards per carry isn't great; it's at 3.3. But if if this guy's getting over 20 25 carries a game, he is fantasy relevant. He really like he is he is looking good. So uh, definitely pick him up. I I think he's a, a very sneaky option. He's one of those players where like you don't really want him on your team, right? He's just kind of like. You think of him as just kind of old and washed up. I don't know. It's just something about him where you're just like, ah, I I don't want to deal with him. But you got to find, like, that. it's just something that I like doing is kind of finding that diamond in the rough type of deal, right? You just got to find that player where he's not that attractive, right? He's not flashy, but he'll score you fantasy points. And I think that's what Mark Ingram potentially can do this season, and I say potentially because we don't know how this Texans team is going to look next week. Are they going to run the ball as many times as, you know, over 30 times a game next week? Are they going to get the opportunity to do that? Is Mark Ingram going to get the opportunity, or are they going to rotate running packs? I don't know. That's why I'm not saying start Mark Ingram, but I'm saying at least put him on your roster, because if this is what the Texans offense is going to look like, he is going to be the lead back, and he's going to have a lot of fantasy value. Just don't start him yet. Wait to see what's going on. Uh, next up, let's talk about Devonta Smith. There were a ton of great, great rookie performances here. I'm talking Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase players I'll talk about a little bit later here. But Devonta Smith, six receptions, 71 yards, and a TD, and what a great touchdown that was. It was against the Falcons' defense, which is probably the worst in the NFL still, right? They were last year in terms of passing defense. They were last year, and they probably are this year. Uh, But I, I said before this game, I said this is the best opportunity for Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith to prove that they are superstars. And maybe just for Devonta Smith to prove that he should be the wide receiver one, and he did that, led the team in receiving yards, tied for the most receptions with Jalen Rager, who also had a good game. So Devonta Smith, he he, he balled out this game. He proved it. So uh, yeah, really, just he he's a guy I'm loving. I'm actually starting him next week. I have him. <laughs> I have him as a flex option. This next week, the Eagles play the 49ers, which is going to be a little bit more difficult. But this is the same 49ers team that gave up 33 points to the Detroit Lions. So the Lions, I would argue, has the worst wide receiver core in in the NFL. Eagles are very close, but the Lions can do it. Really, anyone can against San Francisco. Maybe it was an off day for their defense. I don't know. I know they've suffered injuries, which isn't going to help them. But Devonta Smith is a good uh, fantasy option until proven otherwise. Uh, Some crazy news here. Zach Moss, he was a healthy inactive. I mean, what the heck was that? That was shocking to me. I thought Zach Moss had the edge over over, uh, Devin Singletary. But I was wrong. Zach Moss inactive, meaning Devin Singletary should be the lead back. And he was. Last game. I mean, they underperformed against the Steelers, let's be honest. But I would say Singletary was the, if, if he had to pick, I guess the, the, the shining player, the, the MVP of Buffalo, maybe Gabe Davis with that touchdown, but he only had two receptions. I would go Devin Singletary, 11 carries, 72 yards against the Steelers' defense, averaging 6.5 yards per carry. I'll take that. That's really good. I mean, Matt Breida had four. Four carries, so Devin Singletary is the clear number one. Now I I don't know if Zach Moss is going to be, I doubt he's going to be inactive in every game. But you know w- when you're when you're Buffalo and you're looking at okay what what's the what's the very few things we did right this game, I think Devin Singletary is a is a perfect example. Like he had a good game. Now he didn't score that many fantasy points, but he, I think he did enough to, to earn the number one job in Buffalo. Now, I, I talked about him even more uh, on yesterday's episode, so make sure to check that out. Give that a listen because that's a pretty good one as well. I talk about injury uh, news and then uh, my favorite waiver signings for this week, so really make sure to, to go check that out there. Um, next talking point, uh, I want to talk about uh, another thing that I, I mentioned last episode, and that's the uh, 49ers running back carousel. So if, if we want to talk about healthy inactives, let's talk about how Trey Sermon was a healthy inactive. This is a good pickup. I think is, I think is a, a type of uh, pick him up and just stash him on your bench for now because the running back room in San Fran is getting a little dicey. It should be Elijah Mitchell as the number one. He had a great game running 19 times for 104 yards and a touchdown. There's Jermichael Hasty. And then there's Trey Sermon. Mostert is out for the year, the season. He is having season-ending surgery on his knee, so he is going to be done, which leaves Elijah Mitchell, Jermichael Hasty, and Trey Sermon. And I think if we're talking upside, we've seen what Elijah Mitchell can do. That's 100 yards and a touchdown. And I think Trey Sermon has just as high, if not higher, upside. Because coming out of college, I think he was one of the more talented backs. So I, I, it appears, obviously, that Mitchell was the favorite. Uh, reports that, you know, in training camp and, and preseason, Mitchell outperformed Trey Sermon. But it's Kyle Shanahan. It's the 49ers. We know if you played fantasy before, if you've had any Niner players, you know what this is like. It's not going to be pretty. They like to rotate it. That's why I call it a carousel. It just keeps spinning in a circle. This week it's Elijah Mitchell, maybe next is Trey Sermon, maybe the week after is Jermichael Hasty. I don't know. The point is Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon should be on your roster, especially Elijah Mitchell. If you pass on Sermon, that's not a big deal. We want to wait to see what he can do, but I think both of them have some tremendous value. <clears throat> Moving on uh, to another 49ers player, Brandon Ayuk. Congratulations, you have won the Goose Egg Player of the Week, putting up a big, fat zero thank you for making me lose in my fantasy league. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Um, but it, it, was, uh, it was rough. It was frustrating. Uh, he was dealing with an injury leading up to this week, and then he was benched in favor of a man named Trent Shurfield. Uh Yeah, I didn't see a target. Even though the 49ers scored 41 points that game. Kyle Shanahan hinted that it was Ayuk's injury that he suffered in late August that kind of set him back during training camp. And Trent Sherfield really impressed the coaches this preseason. So they gave him a shot over Ayuk. Again, it's the 49ers, so next week this could be completely flipped. And Ayuk can put up, you know, Debo Samuel numbers. He can put up 189 yards and a touchdown. If you told me that, I honestly wouldn't be shocked. But then again, if you told me that he would put up another goose egg, I wouldn't be shocked either. That's his ceiling. That's his floor. It's the 49ers. You never know what to expect. You can never predict it because you're always going to be wrong. It's just, it, it's the 49ers offense, and that's the risk that you take drafting players for that team. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals let's talk about them They, they uh, beat my beloved Minnesota Vikings 27-24 In an overtime win uh, rookie kicker Evan McPherson who I picked up in fantasy uh, Before the season started kicked that game winner Just had to give him a shout out there uh, Their offense is looking deadly This is a pretty terrifying offense. Joe Mixon, 29 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. That's against a Vikings D-line that was supposed to be really good, and I'm talking like top 10 defensive line in the NFL, if not even higher based on preseason rankings. Jamar Chase also balled out five receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. I was talking about rookie wide receivers before. This is probably the best performance. He was really, really good. One thing that made me upset, though, a lot of analysts were talking about how, you know, Jamar Chase called out Patrick Peterson before the game and then went on to put up 101 yards and a touchdown. just want to clarify things. Pat Pete did not match up against Jamar Chase most of the time. Uh, it was Brashad Breland who got absolutely burned by Chase, which this is not a knock on Jamar Chase at all. All right. I just want to clarify that that narrative is not true. Jamar Chase is super talented. And he, is, he, he really could be the number one for Cincinnati this season. T. Higgins got that touchdown as well. I mean, really, almost all the fantasy-relevant players put up points with the exception of Tyler Boyd. So on a good matchup, Cincinnati Bengals can actually be a very terrifying team. Uh, so, yeah, don't, don't pick any defense going up against them because they, they, can really, they can really tear it up. Next week they play the Bears, and I, I expect a win. Really, I, I think the Bengals can can put up very similar uh, points in terms of mixing hundred plus yards. Chase could get a hundred plus yards. Boyd can get uh, you know fifty plus, and uh, we'll see what T. Higgins can do. He can maybe get a touchdown in there as well. So, yeah, really outstanding performance uh, for the Bengals. Moving on to what uh, a game that kind of disappointed me: Jets versus Panthers. I was hoping for a, a little bit higher score. Zach Wilson got off to a slow start, but He found his man in the end zone twice, a man that I've been hyping up all offseason, a man that I keep telling you to pick up and keep telling you to start because you could draft him in the 10th round and he will be your flex player for the entire season. That's Corey Flippin' Davis. Five receptions, 97 yards, and two TDs. He was by far Zach Wilson's favorite receiver and he was one of the more fun receivers to watch uh, this last week. I'm. I'm. This. This offense has some potential. I am uh, very nervous about the run game, but Corey Davis, man, seven targets as well, most targets on the team, I guess, tied with Braxton Berrios, but Berrios isn't going to do too much for fantasy. Corey Davis is the guy. He is a. a he's owned in like eighty percent of leagues now. So it, he's probably not on your waiver wire, but if he is, please pick him up. He needs to be 100% owned because the, this guy, I think he's going to be like the new, uh, I, I could say the new Robbie Anderson from last year where nobody really expected him to be a, a fantasy option, maybe a bench player, but definitely not start worthy. And then every week you, you could start him and, and he'll put up some points. He, he can even put up wide receiver two numbers. He will have weeks like that. Once Zach Wilson figures things out, honestly, I I, I think that it it's going to go uphill from here, right? Just an, another week of Zach Wilson just kind of figuring things out. They got a tougher matchup against New England next week, but they're going to figure things out. And and Corey Davis is going to be a main part of this offense. So make sure to to get him. Uh, you know, I I know he's going to be owned in most leagues, but really ma- make sure that he's uh. Not just sitting there on the waiver wire because these are big points that you're going to be missing out on if you don't pick them up. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, that's a surprise. Thirty-eight to thirteen, they beat the Tennessee Titans. They were dominant the entire game. Kyler Murray looked amazing. Uh, I I guess that's kind of a given, right? (laughs) I don't really need to need to uh, talk too much about him. Third best, uh, I guess second. Second best performing quarterback behind Pat Mahomes. Never mind. I was incorrect. He was the number one performing quarterback this week. And uh, I predicted Murray as the number one quarterback for the season. So I'm pretty accurate so far. One thing that intrigued me is the running game. Chase Edmonds versus James Conner. This is one of those things that I was taking a close look on uh, last Sunday. Who's going to get majority carries? Who's going to have the better performance? What is the red zone snaps going to look like? I'm really liking James Connor. Chase Edmonds did have 10 more rushing yards than James Connor, but James Connor was on the field way more than I expected him to be. I thought he was going to be the type of guy where, you know, Chase Edmonds drives all the way up to the end zone, then they swap him out for Connor. He punches it in for a five-yard gain for a touchdown. I thought Connor would end each week with like a you know 15 yards and a TD, two if you're lucky. this man got 16 carries for 53 yards compared to Chase Edmonds, 12 carries for 63 yards. Connor was on the field more than Chase Edmonds. I love that. James Connor, I'm stu- I, I would flex him next week I'd put him in the flex position against the Minnesota Vikings. He's the type of player I think he can I think he can destroy this this Vikings defense which Again, pains me to say because I'm a Vikings fan, but I know the Vikings, I know that James Conner can beat them. So I will be, I'll definitely be talking about all these matchups for week two uh, later on this week, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, yeah, James Conner looks to be more involved than I thought, which is obviously very good for Conner. Not great at all for Chase Evans. Chase Evans, I'm very much fading on. Uh, again, it's only week one, so it's very easy to overreact to things. But if if this is if we're seeing this again for the next few weeks, I'm I'm almost done with Chase Evans because James Conner, I think, is only a matter of time if he's getting majority carries every game. Uh, let's talk about two players I talked about in the recent social media post. That is Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, two players that were heavily involved in this offense. Uh, Jacoby Myers, most targeted player on the team with nine. Nelson Aguilar, second most targeted player on the team with seven. Aguilar had the better game, five receptions, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Pick him up in fantasy. He's the number one. He was involved in short plays, mid plays, and deep plays. He was all over the field. So Aguilar's a a must-get. Uh, again, last episode I talked about these guys, so I'm not going to go too in-depth. Jacoby Myers is the slot guy. He was on the field 74 out of 75, uh, 75 offensive plays, so he's going to be on the field. He He's going to get the opportunity. He's going to get the looks from Mac Jones. He has a very high floor, so pick those two up. Uh, if you're not convinced, I go a little bit more in-depth on yesterday's episode, so check that out. Damian Harris with 100 rushing yards, 23rd carries. There's a little bit of concern that the fumble that he had, uh, which basically lost them the game, um, will, uh, I guess, make him not as involved next week. I'm not going to believe that. I think Damian Harris, after 100 rushing yards, uh, I-, I think that he's earned the starting spot. So if he keeps fumbling, then we can uh, we can talk more about it. But just one unfortunate fumble. Uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, i got to talk about. Four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Only a matter of time before this guy's the uh I guess surpasses Devonta Parker. I, I shouldn't say becoming the number one because I don't know how Will Fuller is going to be. Uh for those of you who, who don't know, Will Fuller was suspended for one game. So he should be back this week. And uh we'll we'll get a, a pretty good idea of how involved he's going to be. I expect him to be the one. Um it is a tough matchup against the Buffalo Bills, so We'll see how it goes, but Jalen Waddle's got huge potential. I think, yeah, I see him as the number two now, even though Devonta Parker had the better game this week. uh, I can see Jalen Waddle as the number two. Uh, Let's talk about the Broncos running backs. Melvin Gordon, 11 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. One of them was like a 70-yard gain, a 70-yard touchdown, so stats are boosted a little bit there. Devonta Williams, 14 carries, 45 yards. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, There was one point where the Broncos were up by 10 points, and I think that they kind of just wanted to test out Javante Williams a bit. But again, this is a very split backfield. Javante Williams was more involved than I thought he was going to be. 14 carries compared to Melvin Gordon's 11. If Melvin Gordon didn't have that 70-yard gain or the the 70-yard touchdown, He would be looking at around eleven carries for thirty-ish yards, which meaning Javante Williams would have had the better game. So this is something uh, that we really need to put under the microscope next week because they play Jacksonville, a team that got humiliated by Houston. There's a good chance that this is going to be the week that Javante Williams pops off. So Uh, and then. Jerry Judy, that's some big news. Make sure to check out yesterday's episode about that. I talk about that because he is uh, he's out for a couple weeks. So make sure to listen to yesterday's episode. I kind of talk about uh, how that relates to fantasy football. And uh, yeah, um, moving on. New York Giants offense. I The only way I can describe them is weird. Right, Saquon Barkley kind of dipped his toes in the water. 10 carries, only 26 yards. Devonta Booker wasn't involved at all. Sterling Shepard had a 100-plus receiving yard game with a touchdown, but Kenny Galladay barely did anything. Kadarius Toney had two receptions for negative two yards. I don't know what the heck that was. The defense is looking questionable. Teddy Bridgewater made him look like a fool. So... This Giants team is at the point where, like, I it's just so much of a, a question mark that I'm not touching anybody. Uh, they got an early game this week. They play Thursday against Washington. That's not going to end well. So uh, don't start any Giants. And when I say any, I mean any. Don't start Saquon Barkley. He's still limited in practice. Don't start him. This Giants team is weird. And they just they're just not great for fantasy right now. Sterling Shepard's not gonna be <laughs> he's not gonna be the main guy. Everyone's picking up Sterling Shepard. Let's not do that, right? He's not gonna be the the top guy. So it's gonna be a a weird mix of uh of just all of them. It's just gonna be ugly. Don't do it. I just I, I I can't really put it into words. But when you just watch him play, you're just like ah, don't want to be involved at all in this team. Uh, Speaking of eh, Green Bay Packers Losing 3-38 To the New Orleans Saints This was unexpected Aaron Rodgers 133 yards No touchdowns, 2 picks Aaron Jones 5 carries for 9 yards Devonta Adams 5 receptions for 56 yards Uh, I have a new conspiracy Theory Aaron Rodgers got so annoyed with the Green Bay Packers organization that he decided to accept a contract and run the franchise into the ground. That's my new prediction. That is it, 15 for 28. This was the worst loss in Aaron Rodgers' career, the worst loss in Green Bay Packers since 2006. I there is actually a little bit a little part of me that believes in that conspiracy theory that Aaron Rodgers is just throwing each game, trying to drive the franchise into the ground, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens next week. I mean, they play Detroit. So it'll be a pretty good tell if they struggle against Detroit, especially if they lose what's going to happen. Uh, but it gets even weirder. James Winston, 148 yards, five TDs. The least amount of yards thrown in a five touchdown, five passing touchdown game in NFL history. James Winston is the weirdest player. He's the weirdest player in NFL history. I just, I can't. This is the weirdest guy. Like, he threw like 30 interceptions, but finished as like the number two fantasy quarterback in like what, 2018, 2019? I don't, I can't remember the, the year, but like, uh, super weird. Uh, when it comes to receivers, I don't touch them. It's, it's going to be an ugly split. Um, but yeah, Saints just dominated. couple more here. Uh, Rams. I put a little note here. I just said, give me all the Rams. And here's what I mean by that. Matthew Stafford, 20 for 26. 320 passing yards, 3 TDs. Daryl Henderson, 16 carries, 70 yards, 1 TD. Cooper Cup, 7 receptions, 108 yards, 1 TD. Tyler Higby, five receptions, 68 yards, which is pretty good for a tight end. Robert Woods, three receptions, 27 yards, one TD. The defense looked good. Andy Dalton threw a pick. Like, they made the Bears look just gross. Dave Montgomery had a good week, but they shut down Allen Robinson. Marquise Goodwin was the number one receiver for the Bears. Give me all the Rams. Because that team looked amazing. That, this was a very impressive win for the Rams. And I don't mean that because they beat uh, the Chicago Bears because that's not that big of a deal. But I say impressive because overall, they looked great in every aspect. Their defense, passing and rushing. I mean, they could have improved a little bit on their rushing defense. I'll give them that. But their D-line didn't look horrible. Their passing game, their running game, Everything about them looked great. So I'm all in on the Rams. Give me all of them. Uh, yeah. And when it comes to the Bears passing game, give me almost no one. You have to start Allen Robinson just because Cole Komet is someone to keep an eye out for because he had like eight targets, uh, which is pretty cool. But Andy Dalton, that quarterback, is is going to make these receivers not fantasy relevant. So we'll see what happens with Justin Fields. Crossing my fingers. Uh, finally. The Monday night game Derek Carr he finally has some weapons. He was locked in to Darren Waller for about the first three quarters of the game uh darren Darren waller got ten receptions, hundred and five yards and a touchdown. but this man was targeted nineteen times, which is just ridiculous then when it when uh when it got down to the wire, Derek Carr started looking different directions. Brian Edwards, four receptions, 81 yards. Henry Ruggs had 46 yards, only two receptions, but Derek Carr kind of picked things up. Zay Jones got that game winner. Kenyon Drake was involved in the passing game. Hunter Renfro got 70 yards. Like, there's some value here. I would say Brian Edwards is the top guy. I really liked the way he played. Brian Edwards really wasn't targeted until the final drive of the game. And he got Four receptions for 81 yards. So I, I guess I should say the the final few drives of the game. But if this is uh, if if he started that earlier, Edwards could have been a a big factor in in this game and could have put up some major fantasy points. So someone to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for week one recap. Some takeaways. I'm looking forward to week two, man. I'm very excited. I'm just happy fantasy football is back. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you won last week. I hope you're gonna win this week. I'm here to help you prepare for that. So make sure to follow us on social media. Uh, Again, Instagram is at Barely underscore athletic. YouTube and TikTok is at Barely Athletic. Make sure to follow, like, comment what you want to see next. Thank you so much once again, and I'll see you next time.